Hello fellow sports photographers. My name is All Sports Snapper, ordained to my family and friends, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to my mainly sports photography podcast I call the Photography Philosophy Podcast. My guess is that this will be one of many podcasts you listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter, at AllSportsNapper, or my website, AllSportsNapper.com, with any questions or suggestions. This show is for sports photographers of any level, so the more feedback I get, the more I can make it suited to what you want. And I apologize for the delay, but um, I've had a few extra painkillers now to get me through my uh, tonsil operation. So uh, again, apologies for the late episode, but hopefully next week I'll release another one, um, uh, two in quick succession to make up for the delay in this one. So um, on with the show. In this seventh episode, I speak to freelance photographer Vladimir Rees. Mainly focusing his skills in Formula One, Vlad, I can honestly say, is a guy who sees things differently than most. A supremely talented snapper with a huge dedication to his art, technically gifted, and committed to hard work and getting the shot. His website, VladimirReese.com, is a shining example of how to think outside the box and coming away with stunning images that tell the story of events he covers. As well as being a very good friend, I've had the fortune of editing for Vlad as well as working alongside him over the years and count him as one of the photographers I still look up to. We speak about winters in Greece and the good light that it brings, the almost forgotten art of getting it, the shot right in camera first time, the importance of moving to different sports to keep sharp, using other people's flashes at a job, his best picture being the next one, using a Hasselblad and thinking differently with your 12-roll of film, using prime lenses as well as experimenting with manual focus lenses on digital bodies and his client list, which includes Red Bull. Just a heads up, there is one F word in this discussion, so sorry for that. But on with the show, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, welcome to Photography Philosophy Podcast. Um, I'm speaking to a very good friend of mine, uh, Vlad. Let's uh, let's just start with your name and where you're from, please. Hi, Dean. Uh, okay, my name is Vladimir Reis. Uh, I'm a photographer. Um, where I'm from, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit complicated because uh, I grew up in Czech. My dad is Czech, my mom is Greek. Then I moved to Germany for 10 years and now I live in Greece. So uh, I'm a proper European, I would say. <laughs> We'll call you a citizen of the world. Then. Yeah, like that. Yeah. And pretty much your passports uh, is full. I mean, we're jumping well ahead of ourselves now, but you're a, a mainly Formula One photographer. So, yeah, there's uh, you you jet set around quite a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Formula One is the main thing I do um, since ten years now, eleven years. And uh, yeah, obviously there's a lot of traveling and stuff. So uh, yeah, a lot of jet lags. Uh, but it's okay. You've got the kind of your rhythm. You know, you have every two weeks a race. Winter is quiet when we have a winter break. So it's all right. It's not that uh, not that bad as it sounds. I suppose a winter in Greece is not that bad, though, is it? 
No, winter in Greece is fantastic. I like it. I mean, <laughs> if you compare it with the winter in Germany, <laughs> no, winter in Greece is nice. It's uh, it's sunny and uh, it's uh, warm. Well, the Greeks complain about the uh, cold, but uh, they haven't been uh, in North Europe yet. I think you know. <laughs> the Greeks that haven't left the Gre- haven't left Greece and gone to exactly. check out what it's like yeah, to be in the ones that uh, yeah that stay here. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go back now. Let's uh, start uh, first photography memory. Do you remember what, when was the first camera, or you know how what? did it all start? I actually remember my first picture. It's um, it's uh, unbelievable because I was like I was eight year old, eight years old, and then we had the um, Mexico '86 uh, World Cup. If you remember. Yes, and uh, I remember watching a, a, a match with uh, Argentina playing with Maradona, but I can't remember who was the uh, who was the other team. And um, <laughs> I remember I got um, I was asking my dad to take a picture of of Maradona, and he just basically gave me the camera that he had it was like a small Kodak with this um, uh, even uh, you know like with this special film which was even smaller than the normal classic uh, uh, classic 24 uh, 36 I can't remember what what size that was I think it was like 12 millimeters film or something and I took I remember until now I took two pictures of Maradona when he was fouled and he was laying on the on the ground and when he was standing out I still see it in front of me the number 10 on his back and everything I took one picture of that and another one I can't remember straight after. Um, I've never seen these pictures anymore. I've never seen, I've never printed these pictures, never seen these pictures printed out. But it would be interesting to find the, 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 the film somewhere now. So this was my basically first sports picture when I was uh, eight years old. Hang on a sec. You were in the stadium? At the no, 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 no. I was watching TV, oh. so I took the picture of TV screen. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, geez, you started an eight-year-old uh, pitch side at a, no, at a no, World no, Cup match. Sorry, sorry. I, uh, I forgot to mention that. No, it was <laughs> TV screen. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's a, that's a good way to start. That's a very... Um, distinct memory i'd like to uh yeah if you ever find that film let me know that i'd like to see that uh, photo as well (laughs) so that so this was your first love of um sports photography did it start as early as back then no i I guess i guess it was like the first experience and then there was a um uh, there was a blank for for a few years so there was nothing and uh, i think uh, when i was like 12 13 14 because my grandfather from my um from the side of my father he was a, he used to be a photographer professional photographer but i've never met him because he died when i was like uh, 1 year old but okay. I, I found his cameras uh, my dad had and started to play with these uh, uh, and um, basically i got into it somehow and started to uh, to read a lot uh, i think uh, i finished all the books in our library uh, close to the place i was living or uh, close to the, the house i was living we had a library there and there were a lot of books about uh, cinematography about photography and i've done all these books and i wanted to become actually a cameraman but after i read all these books it more and more like was taking me towards the the still photography you know this um challenge to get the story in one picture was more exciting for me at the end okay well i i think that's probably rubbed off because your pictures do have a very cinematic quality to them i must admit so uh i i'm i'm a big fan of your work as you know 
Oh, thank you. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to uh, capture stuff or things uh, how I see them, or maybe how people would wouldn't probably imagine them. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to look at the th- uh, things different in a different way. Sometimes it works. Sometimes not. You know, it's uh, usual uh, with the, in the photography. You never know what you come up with. So I'm quite. Yeah, you're- you're a bit of an experimenter when it comes to photography. I like to sort of push the boundaries a little bit more than the average, that's for sure. Yeah, I try to, but I try everything to, to create in the camera, not in the post-production. That's a, that's a thing nowadays because a lot of these young photographers coming into the business now and, they, they you know, they didn't go through this darkroom period. They didn't, they've, most of them did never shot a film before. So... I went all through all this. I was working two years in a dark room, um, printing just black and white. First, my my first job, you know, and then, then uh, moved to color photography slowly, and then to digital. So, um, yeah, I uh, try to create the picture in the camera already. Of course, you have to use uh, Photoshop at the end to uh, color color correct your pictures and stuff like that, and um, give it back a little bit more contrast because the digital cameras nowadays they are they just don't give you um, the colors and the the contrast and the darks and the whites that the film used to give you so you have to work on it a little bit afterwards but if you overdo it it looks uh, uh, fake so i think there must be something you create already in the camera you know otherwise uh, it won't it won't work at the end yeah, definitely. I mean, let's just go back to that. Like your dark, what, what was this? Uh, was that your first job then in photography, working in a dark room? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was uh, basically when I was eighteen years old. I was go- I was studying photography, and um, we were uh, supposed to. Um, the practical side of our studies was to find a place where we we can work as photographers. You know, like once a week or something, just to get <coughs> some experience. And I uh, called this um, daily newspaper at that time, the biggest one in Czech, because I I, I played on my own football and uh, after I got injured and stuff, I stopped. But I still had the passion for football and sports in general. And so I called them and uh, I remember that, that crazy... Uh, uh, boss who was at that time and uh, he he just spoke to me on a phone like you know it was like really scary to go there at the end but he was at the, if I when I look back to it now he was so mad and so crazy and he you know there he there, there were so many f words you know all the time coming coming in and coming out and um, at the end, when I look back, it was the best school for me at the beginning. And I was um, I was a photographer. I wasn't uh, working in a darkroom, but uh, we used to do all our pictures. Uh, we used to develop them on my, on our own. We were like four photographers there, and all of us uh, were working in the darkroom after the jobs. And uh, basically, I was shooting for two years uh, only black and white. When there was a derby match or something... I got from my boss like one color film uh, for a football match. So I had uh, basically two black and white films and one color film for the whole match, which was uh, 100, 108 pictures, if I'm right, for the whole match. And uh, you have to think about before you push the, the shutter, you know, uh, when you only have 100, uh, 100 pictures. Nowadays, it's it's completely different. Right? Now, nowadays, you can shoot the 100 pictures in five minutes and nobody cares, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Big CF cards and big memory cards yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I know, completely changed now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so you, so you've pretty much gone from. How how did you? Can you just sorry go back and just explain that? How did you get a job? It was just a phone call. Then all of a sudden. Oh yeah, sorry. A... Uh, um, so I started to work there uh, while I was studying, and then okay. after, after a few months, um, I remember it was Sunday. I was. Uh, back home watching TV or something uh, and suddenly the, the telephone rang. My mom uh, picked it up and uh, there was this boss and he was just asking after me so she passed me uh, on, on him and um, then he started he started like on the phone like what the fuck are you doing and stuff like that you know like this, is, this was the way how he spoke and I said to him yeah I'm just watching TV and he goes like buy two two uh, black and white films and come on Monday um, to the office and I'll give you a job. And I was like, yeah, what kind of job? And he, he said to me, like, you don't understand, I'll give you a job as a photographer. And I'm like, yeah, but okay, but I'm studying. And he started like, <laughs> like swearing at me. And, and if I, <laughs> if I, um, if I uh, advertise this job, I'm going to have 30 photographers behind my door next day. And you don't know what that is. And buy this do uh, films and don't don't you know don't even discuss it with me and so <laughs> so he basically pushed me to get the to, to take the job he was offering me but um, yeah that was great I mean I was two years there I've learned so much and then I moved up to uh, football magazine uh, which was more like um, for me it was uh, from the photography point of view was better for me because uh, the magazine photography uh, suits me better I think because uh, you have the time you know to wait for the picture to you know to, to be more uh, you have more time for everything basically you got more time to work on a picture be, be, be more creative you got, <laughs> yeah that as well and uh, you don't need to send you know like you don't need to leave I remember leaving ice hockey match after 10 minutes or something, running back to the office, developing the film and, pr- and doing the prints and everything, you know. And uh, this is how we used to work. And uh, with the magazine photography, it was different. Yeah, you could stay all March and uh, we were shooting only color. We weren't shooting anymore black and white and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so this is all in, in, uh, in the was, Czech Republic? This was in Czech, in, in Prague. Yeah. Uh, I stayed and then, three years. I stayed in this magazine, and then I got a job uh, offer from Germany. At that time, the biggest uh, agency in Europe, I think it was uh, Bongards, called Bongards. They were based in Hamburg, and um, they saw my my portfolio, and they saw I did a book at that time with Tomasz Rosicki, who was the the upcoming football star, just uh, signed for Dortmund, and. Uh, so we got in touch. I went there for a month. They they said to me, we would like you to come for a month just to try uh, how we work. Because it's not only about if we like your work, it's also about if you like the way we work. So I went there and spent a month working with them. It was, uh, I remember it was massive. The office was just unbelievable. It was like a penthouse, massive office and... <laughs> Everywhere, just negatives and slides. And uh, I think at that time, Bungard had like 17 photographers or something. So there were people coming in and out all the time. And it was, for me, it was amazing to see uh, such a big agency working. And after, I don't know, a few months, I realized that, uh, yeah, I could be, I could, (laughs) I could compete with these guys. 
and uh, they gave me after a month they gave me straight away a contract for one year and then uh, I think after six months or something they just gave me a normal contract it was like a training contract first and then they gave me after uh, six months like a normal contract and uh, I spent there uh, I think nine years or something at the end we got bought by Getty Images uh, I think one or two years later became the part of of a global agency called Getty Images and um yeah, that was uh, that was a big change uh, in our professional lives. I think all of the photographers, because suddenly we got like the best equipment, and uh, there was a pressure there, there as well, of course. But I enjoyed working for Getty Images. Yeah, it was a great experience for me. It sounds very similar to what uh, Lars had the you know the one month trial and. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Lars came after uh, a year after me, I think, and he got the, he had the similar, I think, procedure, didn't he? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I think it was quite clear from, with Lars as well that he's talented, so they gave him. Uh, I don't think he um, he needed to wait a lot uh, for an normal contract. I think it was quite straightforward with him as well. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's a that's a you seem to have moved. Fairly quickly through the uh, through the ranks, though, and you've been offered jobs uh, instead of having to go out and hunt for jobs. You've been offered jobs on uh, <laughs> throughout your career. That must be a that's a, a change from uh, most photographers that I've uh, spoken to already so far. Yeah, I've uh, I've never uh, never hunted for a job. Yeah, I was lucky enough uh, that uh, the jobs turned up <laughs> somehow. Always, I don't know. Even the the Formula One job, I, I've been basically pushed into it uh, from my boss uh, in Germany because I remember um, I think it was my second year in Germany. He came to me and said, uh, asked me basically, would you like to do Formula One? And I, at that time, I didn't have any kind of interest in motorsports or you know like bikes or formula one or whatever i was just a football and basketball guy and ice hockey you know like and uh, my reaction was not great so he straight away gave it to somebody else and um, uh, i think halfway through the season he came to me and said uh, i want you to do uh, formula one next uh, next year and uh, i said okay and then i went to the first race i remember 2005 in australia in melbourne in your hometown i actually of course <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just amazing i mean i was standing there and the car was in front of me and the, the power of the sound and the smell of the petrol and the, the you know the tires and everything it was just i don't know i, I couldn't um, i couldn't defend myself you know i was just just basically put in to this and uh, once you start under, understand what's going on uh, why is he going through this corner like this or why is he uh, doing this you know one, once you get into the sport more and more you just uh, can't get uh, get away anymore because it's so exciting uh, I think and um, yeah it's great I'm still there and uh, yeah well, that's that's uh, I, I I've done a few Formula One races in my time, obviously nowhere near as many as you, but um, I've noticed just over the last few years that there's been quite a change. I mean, the the noise that you talked about in 2005 is not there anymore, is it? That's uh, a big. Is that a, a big difference in 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 the sport that you've noticed? Yeah, no, it's massive difference, especially for the fans. But it's coming coming back the noise uh, again. Oh, is it? They are changing the rules again, and uh, yeah, it should be noisy uh, next year again. Uh, yeah, but it was like um, 
it wasn't even about the noise it was about the vibrations you know coming from the noise i mean i was when you were standing next to the car the, the whole ground underneath your your feet was was vibrating and your clothing on you you know and everything it was just exciting yeah no and now it's different uh i mean the cars are now so technologically uh, uh on on such a technological level that nobody understands that anymore but uh, it's exciting. It's still exciting. Yeah, of course. Okay. And um, is that all your work at the moment is all Formula One? Would you say that uh, are, you, are you doing anything outside of Formula One at the moment? Or? No, no, no. I do other stuff as well. But because Formula One takes you so much time with traveling and, and uh, we have so many races, I think we have like 20 races next year. So it takes you the most of the time, but I still do commercial work outside of my uh, Formula One assignments. Uh, I still do football from time to time. I still do stuff for myself, portraiture, uh, stories I want to do in the winter. For example, when there is when winter is more quiet, I have more time to do my own photo stories. For the, you know, I, I want to do. Stuff like that I still do, yeah. No, I still shoot a lot of stuff uh, different to Formula One. I think it's important to um, push yourself always, like, to do a different stuff uh, because it opens your eyes again, you know. Can you just, uh, going again, going back a little bit, so you've... you've at Bongart and then Getty come in. I mean, was there, was there a big change in, in, um, in, in the company's... Uh, Outlook, or, uh, did that change your photography at all? Having uh, having Getty, did it influence your photography at all? Um, I think massively. Uh, I mean, when I came to Bongart, because it was such a big agency, um, first thing they asked me was, um, what camera you have? And I said to them, I have a Nikon FM2, the old one, you know, analog camera. And they looked at me and they were like, okay, we have to give you some equipment. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And they gave me some equipment, which was old, you know, unsharp lenses and stuff like that. I didn't have any flash or something. They sent me straight away to some press conference where without flash, you couldn't do anything. So I was just standing there. I was like, what am I going to do now? So I, uh, basically what I, so was the other photographers flashing all the time. So I just learned how to use their their flashlight, you know, how to steal the flashlight from, from them, basically. And this experience, these difficulties in the beginning and everything, I mean, it was a new country. I didn't speak the language, a new environment. Uh, everybody, you know, in, in Germany, the, the competition is so big, so much bigger than in Czech. And but it, this pushed me so much that uh, I've learned so much, and uh, there was a great, great experience for me at the end. And then Getty came in, and basically uh, cleaned the table overnight. And they said, "Here's your cameras, here's your lenses, here's your car, here's your phone, and everything." You know, it was everything perfectly organized. Um, yeah, very professional. Very. I, I mean. There was a slightly different way uh, the Getty photographers were shooting, but I think I still kept kind of my 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 shooting style. I didn't get uh, influenced that much, uh, or I didn't, I, or I tried not to get influenced that much. Um, and I think it was the uh, it was uh, basically it was both ways. I mean, even the uh, the Getty guys who. Uh, before were basically all of them all sport and they were shooting in a certain way certain style 
uh, most of them suddenly saw us uh, guys in Germany shooting a different way, a different style. I think it was for both sides. It was it was uh, uh, how do you say uh, in, uh, enriched, it's beneficial. Yeah, it was beneficial, beneficial for, both. for both of us. Yeah, At yeah, definitely. Okay, that's um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm a, a big fan of your work, and um, you do push the boundaries and. Your style, I, I'd, I'd say, is quite unique. It, uh, well, when you were a Getty, anyway, it was a, a unique style. That um, your pictures, are, there was no copying of anybody. That's that's probably the most simple way to say it. That from from what I've seen, anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I never never tried to copy anybody. But when I, I remember when I was starting, I was looking at a lot of pictures, you know, and you get them, every magazine that came into my hands, I just went through it and saw all the pictures and stuff. And when I saw a nice picture, I was thinking about, like, this is a nice picture, but you could do it also this way, you know? So I didn't copy anybody, but I was trying to get it, to, to make it in a different way, or maybe better, or maybe, you know, just... Uh, or make it the way how, how I see it. Uh, and this is what I try until now. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, that's that's basically the the, the way I, I I work. So what 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 do you enjoy shooting the most? And obviously we've talked about Formula One, but is it like the race itself? Is it um, because I'm a big fan of uh, I worked uh, we worked closely together in um, 2009 at the rug uh, the Red Bull Air Race where we travelled the world and all these different countries and you know your pictures that used to come out of um, in the uh, in the hangar or the cockpit or sorry not the cockpit in the um, yeah, cockpit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite a, you know, you always would come out of there with something different than than the rest of the Getty guys would. Um, is that somewhere that you enjoy working more or, or you like to be on the track or what's what's your favorite place to work? I don't really have a favorite place. I mean, everything is a challenge for me and uh, I like to take challenges. And uh, if it's a hangar or if it's a garage or if it's on the track or if it's, you know, I uh, take everything as a challenge, and I don't really have like um, like uh, my favorite place where I shoot or favorite sport. I like all kinds of sports. I was shoot- I was shooting everything from badminton, uh, golf, tennis, uh, everything basically. And um, yeah, but I like Formula One. I like shooting Formula One because you have in Formula One you have uh, uh, kind of everything in in one. We can't. You can get a nice portrait show. You can get a nice landscape show. You can get nice action. You can be creative. You can, you can get some arty stuff as well. This is why Formula One is so exciting for me from the photography point of view, uh, and uh, that's the main thing. I see Formula One as a, as a photography challenge for me. Uh, and um, every year we come to the same tracks or more or less same tracks, and uh, it's every year you get. Uh, I hope uh, you can get better, you know, because you know the track better. You know where the light uh, comes from. You know where where, where the sunset is. Uh, every corner is different, and th- this is what you get with your experience in Formula One. Uh, in years, you 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 get better because you you learn so much over the years over every track, which is different. Every track is different, and um, yeah, this is what I like about Formula One. This challenge. I think that was the thing that sort of stood out to me when I first joined Getty. You know, I used to see the guys, um, uh, you know, like there's Clive Brunskill who does the tennis um, for us and uh, and Clive Mason and Mark Thompson who always do the Formula One for us. And I used to see these guys going to the same places over and over and over again and just think, how how do they come away with amazing photos 
year after year, you know, week after week. I was always blown away, but you know what you said there pretty much explains explained it um, at the time and explains it now for our listeners that you know having that knowledge of where everything is, where and also getting to familiar with the drivers, how the drivers uh, or the tennis players, you know. Clive uh, Brunsky used to tell me, you know, oh, this player, don't go on his backhand because he's, he closed his eyes on his backhand. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that kind of stuff, you know, if you go up, show up blind, or, uh, you know, you show up and you just go to take pictures, you're not going to know that. But, you know, these kind of, oh, don't go to this court at four o'clock because the light there is terrible. You know, all these kind of things which, um, which only come with experience. So um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that. Um, that uh, yeah, but on, that the, on the other hand, you have to be careful huh? that you don't get into a routine. And sometimes you have to do the, you know, sometimes it's just when you know all the photographers go into this corner for this session, uh, why, why not try uh, something different, you know? Sometimes you get, a, with a, uh, get away with a nice picture. Sometimes you, do, you have nothing, you know, it's a, it's a risk. But uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. All this um, stuff is difficult because uh, on, at one point you are learning and you are getting better and better. And on, on the other hand, you have to be very cautious not to get into routine, you know, not to bring every year the same pictures again and again and try to push yourself to, to get something new and find a new angle, you know. Well, that's, that's, this is the thing. Like the guys that I mentioned before, you know, with the Clive's Brunskill, Clive Mason, Mark Thompson, they... I think their pictures every every year are better and different, and yeah, it's just uh, those guys always blow me away. Anyway, let's move forward a little bit now, just to um, if we could just talk about um, you know, a question I ask everybody: your favorite image. Uh, what's is there an image that sort of stands out from your memory, um, recent or from years gone by? Of uh, that's. Your favorite? Uh, I don't know. I, I have a few pictures I quite like, but I don't really have a favorite picture. I always think that the the the, the next picture is gonna be the, the the best one. So I don't look at it like this. But I quite like um, I quite like Singapore race. And uh, two weeks back we were in Singapore for the Grand Prix, and I quite like one of the pictures I took there of um, I think it was Sebastian Vettel, or maybe Kimi. It was actually Kimi. Um, and I went for a because I was in one of these high buildings there and just um, playing with the lights and the colors and everything. And I went uh, on a slow shutter speed, and it was really difficult um, to get this picture technically uh, at least sharp with a car, uh, at least a little bit sharp. Because when you go like on a on a exposure of uh, three or four seconds uh, in the car. Can you, can, before we go into the technicals, can you just explain, uh, just describe the photo for us just very, very quickly? Oh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a picture. It's an overhead shot uh, with a slow shutter speed. Uh, the car is basically going through and I've played with the lights and everything, so I've moved it a little bit. So it's a little bit moved. There's a light effect with colors in it, and uh, still at the same time, the, the car is sharp in the corner of the shot. So it was technically very difficult for me. But um, this is why I like it at the end because uh, I got. I think I went away f with two or three pictures I could use <laughs> from the whole yeah. session. But at the end of the day, it was uh, it was worth it. Yeah. Well, see that. I guess the, it depends on your um, your brief. You know, like some guys might say, okay, we need a photo of every car on this corner, so you have to get every car on that corner. But then if you have a a bit of a creative freedom, um, 
you can experiment. And I have seen, I know the photo exactly you're talking about because as soon as we mentioned this um, before we started recording, uh, that, that picture popped into my head. You said, oh, there was a picture I took in uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, uh, I remember the photo. Exactly. <laughs> um, and w- technically, you said it was dif- difficult. And um, again, before we started recording, you said that some... Uh, someone thought that maybe you'd photoshopped it, photoshopped <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. the image. Can you just uh, describe, explain that for us, please? No. A few days later, we went to the uh, the next race, which was in Japan, and um, we were sitting in a pub with some guys, with some other photographers, British photographers, and one of them asked me how I how I took the picture because they didn't believe. Um, they, uh, he said to me, uh, "It's Photoshop, right?" And I'm like, "No. What do you mean Photoshop? It's not Photoshop. It's like it's a shot I took with my camera and." Uh, they just couldn't um, understand how I took it technically. And uh, I said to him, I just went for a slow shutter speed, playing, play a little bit with the light, and then you hope uh, the car, which is coming into the frame, that you that you can follow it and uh, get it sharp. Uh, they just looked at me like, you know, they wouldn't believe it. And uh, But uh, this is how it is. I mean, um, uh, really, I spent the whole session to get three pictures, but... Uh, uh, it's not a Photoshop, no. <laughs> that's, uh, to, I mean, let's just say that that is a very, that's a very uh, a luxury though as well, isn't it? To be able to sort of have that whole the whole session to experiment with a picture. I mean, yeah, it but, paid off. I, I, it paid off. I worked, I worked hard to get this luxury nowadays. You know, what I mean, yeah. I was <laughs> always, even when I was like, uh, when I worked for Getty, uh, which is agency, obviously, and has a different philosophy. You know, you have to be quick and you have to get the the the, the document. Uh, the documentary shots and the journalistic stuff even there i was always fighting for this kind of freedom and uh, was trying to get something you know on top of it when i when i did my job i had to do and uh, get something on top of it and um yeah but there's a lot of uh, even in the magazines i've, I've worked the daily newspaper everywhere you are just fighting all the time for your pictures because there's some editor sitting there who wants to go home soon and uh, now you bring him some picture which is a little bit arty and he looks at you like, uh, you know, what's going on now? Uh, do you have a normal one? Just give me the picture of the goal, you know, or something, you know. <laughs> and I always c- c- uh, kept saying to them, uh, people don't want to see goal in the newspaper or in the magazine. They've seen, they are, they, they, they're going to see the goal 20 times in the evening news on a TV, you know, from every different camera. This is not the. This was always my philosophy that a photographer has to look at things in a different way. Even a sports photographer has to bring the story in the picture. But it was it was mostly difficult to explain. And uh, yeah, this is why I never, even in the football, uh, when we knew that this is the best position to get, you know, like the goals, and uh, if you sit there. I usually went to a different place just to uh, get the celebration maybe afterwards or, you know, get the nice picture which could say the story more than, than the goal itself. So, yeah. Yeah, getting the goal photos never – it's uh, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not really a pretty picture, let's face it. It's a man kicking a ball. Um, yeah, it's a, I, I, I understand that completely. Now, can you just uh, tell me you've – you were working for Getty for um, for nine years, is that right? Yeah, I think uh, together with the Bongards, um, uh, years it was totally nine years almost. Yeah. And then uh, and now you said that you're a freelancer. Can you just explain a little bit of that uh, decision to go freelance and leaving uh, the safety of uh, 
working at the largest agency in the world. What happened? Uh, what happened there? And going to Greece. <laughs> and going to Greece. Well, you were in Germany at the time, so yeah, you were in Cologne, I think it was. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Um, uh, I was first. I was in Hamburg for two years, yeah. and then I moved in two thousand and. I think I moved to um, Cologne, which was more, um, which was better for me because I had some relatives there uh, from my mom's side, so I had some family there and stuff. And um, yeah, then uh, after nine years, um, back in 2010, I decided to move to Greece. I had I had family reasons uh, because my half of the family is living here. But also I felt like I, I don't fit anymore to this um, agency photographer kind of profile, you know. And I, I was looking also for a new challenge as a, as, a, as, a, as a photographer. And I remember when I said to my uh, boss back in London that uh, I'm going to move, they, they um, called me in for a meeting in, in London. So I went to London for a meeting and they were looking at me like, uh, so where, where, where do you want to go? Like, to Greece. Uh, to Greece. Okay. <laughs> you know, like... And they thought I, I'm completely mad or something. But uh, everybody thought I'm completely mad. Even my mom, like, you know, was crying and saying, oh, this, this, this is the biggest agency in the world, the best uh, job you can get, and you just leave, <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, but uh, for me, it was a new challenge again I wanted to take, and um, I did it. I moved to Greece, and, um, yeah, of course, in the beginning, you don't know what's going to uh, happen, but... Uh, Lucky, luckily, uh, I had uh, Red Bull Racing coming to me quite, quite, uh, quite after I, I, did, I did this move, uh, and asking me if I could, uh, if I uh, would like to work for them uh, for uh, for a few races and next year. I said yes, of course. And then uh, you know, one client came, uh, and then another one, and another one. And I think in the internet, uh, in, in the internet's time, where you can basically work from everywhere, and as a photographer, you can work for everywhere. Uh, it doesn't really matter anymore if you live in Berlin or uh, Kiev or uh, in Milan. You know, I mean, it's a two hours flight everywhere in Europe. If we see it as a, as a, uh, as uh, you know, like the the. The distance or uh, how many hours you fly there. I mean, in the US, uh, it's four hours, five hours flight, nothing. And uh, we still see, in Europe, we still see the borders, you know, between the countries. But I don't see that like this anymore. I mean, I can be in two hours in Germany uh, shooting an assignment, then I can be uh, in another two hours in Italy shooting another assignment. So I don't see it anymore as, as countries or borders. Uh, so this is why I basically moved to Greece. I think you, um, when you said you were leaving Getty, I think a, a lot of people, including myself, were like, uh, I can't believe he's going to go to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember my boss telling me, uh, like, so you're going to live in Athens or, or where? And I, I wasn't still decided if I, if I want to go to Thessaloniki, which is the hometown of, of my uh, mom, or if I want to be in Athens. And um, so he looked at me and uh, said to me, Vlad, just please don't go to Sandorini because I'm gonna, not going to give you any job when you live in Sandorini <laughs> or something. <laughs> Santorini, just an island. 
a very small island where not much else happens. <laughs> it's a good summer place, though. It's a beautiful place to be. It's sure. a, uh, that's a massive. That's one of the biggest wedding photography places now, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. It's massive wedding photography business. Have you ever done a wedding? No, I haven't. I have had few uh, requests from friends and stuff, but I said to them always, like, guys, if you want me to shoot your wedding, I will go for it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the, more for the for the artist stuff. So we have to get another photographer who's gonna do, you know. The, <laughs> <laughs> mom with a grandmom you know shots and stuff like that and um so they always like pulled pulled back basically pulled out uh, at the end uh, and um, also i was a bit scared to be honest uh, if i if you screw a wedding uh, photography of your best mate or something you know it doesn't <laughs> no but i like to i'd like to try um for sure i will try sooner, sooner or later uh, but i'd like to do it my way you know i'd like to do it uh the way uh, I see the, the the two who are getting married, you know, how I see the relationship between them, the love, you know, the, the moment. Uh, if I have the, the creative freedom, uh, why not? Yeah, I would like to do it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> if, I get any, if I get any requests, I'll pass them on to you. <laughs> well, you are married already, aren't you? Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about mine. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> All <Thanks>. right, okay. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> um, what about um, uh, equipment? What, uh, what, uh, what kit are you using now? I know, like I said, your, your, your photos have a very cinematic quality, so my guess is that you're using a lot of prime lenses. Would that be... Uh, would I be guessing right there? Yeah, 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 I use mostly prime lenses. The only zoom I have is the seventy-two hundred. I haven't used for a year now. <laughs> I took it. Okay. <laughs> I took it uh, three weeks ago for one job I did here in Greece for, for one commercial. I took it out, and it was even if I wasn't using it, and it was it's almost brand new. Uh, there, there were some funny noises going on in, inside because when you don't use it, you know the the the, the oil and the whole mechanism inside basically gets stuck a little bit. So. I was giving it a, a nice uh, stretch, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, this is the only zoom I, I use. I use mostly prime lenses. Uh, I was, so you're shooting on Canon. I'm the... Canon guy. Uh, I used to be Nikon for a few years, but then I moved back in 2004. I moved to Canon, and uh, I won't go back now. I think I'm I'm quite satisfied. Uh, most one of, DXs, five Ds. What's uh, yeah, what's yeah, the no, camera have, of choice? I have two one DXs, one Mark IV still, which I don't use at all. I'm gonna sell this one now, and um, I have some other like analog cameras I still use from time to time just for fun, and I have a lot of like lenses. I mean Canon lenses, but I have also different uh, brands lenses just. You know, just uh, for fun, basically, just trying them out. And uh, well, let's let's go into that because um, I I know I've seen some of your I know you've have a Hasselblad that you've uh, shot some stuff on, and um, you've got some other quirky lenses with adapters. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some. Uh, yeah, you can find <coughs> anything basically in my in my camera bag. I have some Nikon lenses. I have some Zenit lenses. I use Hasselblad, as you said. Uh, I have a Leica 1932 uh, built, which is amazing. Uh, beautiful camera. Still, you know, absolutely great sharp pictures you can get out of it. And a uh, couple other analog cameras. Yeah, that's it basically. But with the Hasselblad, I do. Um, I love uh, my Hasselblad. I bought it actually. It's a funny story because I bought it from a guy in Germany when you know the digital hype came and. Um, 
it, it, it was like brand new. There wasn't any scratch. I think he hardly used it for three jobs or something, and he just gave it to me uh, for a very good price. And um, last year, when they announced Hasselblad announced they start they are stopping production of this five oh three CW um, Hasselblad camera. I have. I think I have like two days later. I had an email from this guy again. I'm gonna buy it off. Uh, back you know like if you want i'll give you 1000 euro more uh you know i said no sorry man it's not i'm not selling it now anymore you know he was trying to push <laughs> he understood that i'm not gonna sell it so no it's a great camera i shoot um my own stuff on it i have a uh like long-term story i do in formula one with that uh actually this is what i'm gonna do in the winter also i have a lot of films I've, I've shot on it uh, this and past season and I have to scan everything and um, it takes time and uh, I'd like to do um, maybe in a few years time I'd like to do a story out of it and uh, we'll see what, what comes out of it I, I don't know yet what what, what, what it's gonna what, what it's really gonna be but some of the pictures on the on the film and from the Hasselblad are so beautiful you know when you see it and you see the grain and of the film and it just looks different to the digital so it's uh, it's more fun for me basically to shoot with these cameras and uh the 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 story i mean i, I don't know if you can talk too much about it but like you said this is a, a personal project i mean uh, is this uh an, a personal project in formula one is this um you sort of is it like a take taking a photo per race or is it uh just taking it whenever you feel like it's uh, there's something Something special going to happen, or how do you decide when when to use that uh, that camera for that story? <laughs> no, there there isn't really a rule uh, I have. Uh, basically, what I do, I bring uh, this camera to some races with me and um, just uh, play with it. When I see a nice motive that would be nice for 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 the Hasselblad, I just shoot it. And um, it's just when you you know suddenly have this kind of camera in your hands, you see uh, things suddenly different, in a different way. It's like when you use a different lens, you see something different uh, suddenly, you know, or, or some things look suddenly different. And this is how uh, what I want to achieve. Uh, I have really, I have shot a few nice shots uh, w- with this camera and, uh, like you know, of things you wouldn't even think about when you w- would be passing them with your digital, with your DX on your on your shoulder, you know. But once you have this camera in your hand, you uh, you, you start thinking dif- in a different way and you start thinking more about what you're going to shoot because you only have like 12 shots, you know, and then you have to change yeah. a film. So, yeah, this is, it's a completely different way of working and completely different way of, different way of thinking and uh, I hope I'm going to transfer this into the pictures somehow and... Um, I hope it's going to be a nice story in a few years' time. And uh, I, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but the what are the, the the lenses with adapters that you're using? I mean, are they is it like a, a 50 mil, 35 mils? Are they 85 mils? Or what, what what kind of lenses are you using? And uh, and are you using them in the pits? They're all manual focus, I'm guessing as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your strike rate like? Because <laughs> I know that the manual focus, especially on those um, super fast lenses, you know, are they? How does that? Uh, how does that influence your 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 you know when you're working as well? Well, I uh, I I shoot. I don't know. Um, probably uh, seventy eighty percent. Uh, what I shoot is manual focused. Uh, most of the lenses okay. are. <laughs> 
I use some old lenses which are only manual focus. Uh, AF I use. Uh, I use sometimes uh, for action, more or less, uh, with my 400 lens sometimes, but it's also like half-half. There's a lot of stuff which is pre-focused in Formula 1 on the track. There's a lot of stuff uh, when you shoot football, for example. uh, I still use manual as well from time to time. Um, Yeah, I don't get... uh, I I don't like, in general, I don't like automatic things uh, that much. I never used, like, a program or something on my camera, always manual. And uh, with the autofocus, it's similar. Yeah, Sometimes it's helpful when you shoot a sport like football or tennis or, you know, sports that are... That, that that is close to you and you need sometimes the AF and nowadays the AF is fantastic you know it's so fast if you compare it with the days when I started it's just I was shooting uh, as I said Nikon first four years and uh, I was shooting only manual uh, fo- uh, focusing on only manual because Nikon was so far behind Canon at that time I mean the can- Canon started with the first fast autofocus but um, yeah but it was a good uh, good, good school for me, and uh, I still use uh, manual focusing. I mean, when you when you wanna achieve this cinematic look, and uh, you go wide open, uh, which means the aperture is is really uh, small. Uh, re- yeah, so like a one two, really big. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. One, it's four, like one two, place. one four, one six, and the depth of field is so small that uh, I mean five five millimeters can you know get your picture completely unsharp, out of focus, and then the picture is useless, then uh, the manual focus is even better because uh, you can't achieve this with AF any, anyway. You know, I mean, I know a lot of photographers who... Uh, I have this uh, Carl Zeiss lens, which is 85 millimeters, one, 1.4. And it's such a great lens when you get it sharp and, uh, you know, the, the colors, uh, colors tra- tra- transmission and... Uh, uh, the sharpness and uh, it's just uh, it's just great to see a nice picture shot on this lens and I know another photographer who bought like uh, two or three of these and he just sold them straight away because he said to me they are not sharp I was like what do you mean they are not sharp you know I mean it's everything it's manual focus and um, yeah it's tricky but if you get it technically right it's, it's amazing what can uh, come out of these lenses yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm going to put links to all your um, to your website as well, which you keep fairly up to date, um, unlike most other photographers. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I just did a new website, which took me like six months to build up. But <laughs> well, I've just, I mean, I've obviously spent a lot of time on it now, and um, yeah, a phenomenal amount of uh, amazing photography on there. So um, yeah, obviously, I'll put links and all that on the uh, on the show notes as well. So yeah, it's. Uh, um, I think uh, we're pretty much. Uh, uh, I've covered a, a bit more ground than I expected, actually, because um, I know you're a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, are. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Now, <laughs> now doing a podcast as well as being a full-time photographer, is <laughs> I don't have much spare time left. That's, that's and sure. three kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's true as well. <laughs> so, what about what job before we uh, before we, what jobs have you got uh, coming up? What's uh, what's next on the horizon for uh, for Vlad? Well, now there's a lot of Formula One coming up because we have all these back-to-backs towards the end of the season now. So uh, I go on Wednesday, I fly to Russia. Uh, after this, we have Austin and Mexico. Then we have Brazil. And then we, if I'm right, finish in Abu Dhabi. 
So this is uh, the most I have now. There might be one or two commercials in between uh, here in Greece. Uh, I have one one request or two requests, uh, but uh, most of it is going to be Formula One. Uh, maybe in the winter, then my own projects. Maybe a little bit of a football or stuff like this. Yeah. Do you um, do you, do you still much work for Getty at all? Is Getty uh, giving you a, the occasional phone call here and there? Yeah, from time to time they do. Uh, they called me last time, I think, for news here in Greece, but I was away somewhere. Uh, sometimes they call me for a football match, you know, stuff like that. Yes, from time to time we do. We obviously I see the Getty Getty boys uh, in Formula One every two weeks. So I'm still in touch uh, with all of them. And um, yeah, but uh, it's getting less and less because I think I'm quite busy also. Uh, and I think a few times they called me, uh, I was away, uh, so they had to get another guy, you know. So it's uh, usual stuff, basically. But uh, yeah, we are still and all in touch. All this stuff um, that you, all this travel coming up with the Formula One, is this is this mainly for Red Bull uh, now? Is this, uh, is that sort of your main... I have main, uh, I, I have variety uh, of clients. Meanwhile, in in uh, in Formula One, uh, I have some magazines I work for uh, in Japan and in the UK. I have other commercial clients as well. But Red Bull is one of the biggest ones I have, and uh, one of the longest ones I have in Formula One. Yeah, with it all started with Red Bull, and we are still working together. Uh, um, uh, this this year it wasn't uh, from the from the sports side not that great for for the team but hopefully next year is gonna gonna be better and yeah I enjoy working for them because they give they give me the this creative freedom I need and uh, uh, it's a I think it's a it's a nice partnership nice nice uh, nice cooperation definitely well um yes. Uh... Just uh, before, again, before we finish up, <laughs> um, where, where do you see photography moving uh, in the next few years? I mean, this is a question I'm sort of asking everybody and I'm sort of getting a little bit different answers from people, but where, where do you think photography is, uh, how do you think it's, where do you think it's going to be in five years' time, photography? I think, um, when I think about it, I think there's a big um change coming up coming up soon I, I don't think we are far away very far away from the time when we are going to be shooting um moving images basically uh maybe we are one one camera generation away from this uh, i don't think the next generation which is coming up next year is going to be already equipped with this system but maybe the the, the generation after um, because the quality of the moving images is uh, meanwhile so good that um, even you see it in the newspapers already, they they print pictures from TV, uh, broadcast and stuff like that, and the quality is pretty good. So I think it's going to move towards there, which could hit a little bit the big agencies, where obviously there's a lot of documentary business, um, and um, yeah, there's a lot of clients uh, We'll just take the screenshot from the TV, from the broadcast or something, you know. Wouldn't need to pay for 10 photographers to cover an event for them or something like that. They just pay, pay one guy who's sitting on the computer and picks up the picture. So I think it, it, it will be important, again, for photographers to... to um, to prove uh, the photography uh, way of looking at things, you know. I mean, the, to get the story behind 
the 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 the, the match or the, the, the behind the player or you know to look at things again as a photographer and bring this uh, stuff bring these pictures uh, that say the story not only document the story which uh, yeah it's going to be interesting what's going to happen because i think um the market's going to change again and uh, it will be difficult for many photographers i think again uh but we'll see what's going to change yeah i, I mean i think this is going to come up and uh, this might change the business a little bit uh, again but we'll see you never know what's going to what's going to happen yeah, I mean that. That uh, I know what you're talking about. I mean, even some of the phones and some of the uh, mirrorless cameras are doing this thing where you you press the button and it gives you the option to use a picture for a second before or a second after you've actually yeah. taken the frame. You know that kind of that kind of thing. Which, um, yeah, I, I think it sort of takes the I don't know the skill away a little bit, doesn't it? If if you it does. that option as well. Yeah, it does. But it, the same happened with autofocus. You know, the same happened when the di- digital came, you know. Uh, yeah, but right. still, if you, you still, there still has to be the photographer who goes on a different position and think, uh, see things from a different angle, uh, uses the light in a different way. You know, there's that, 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 there won't be a substitution for this, I think. Because when you grab a screenshot from a broadcast uh, and just put it, just stick it on on the on the feed or something for the clients, uh, it's obviously it's 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 different, you know. So the photographer is still gonna be um, asked to do his job. There's still gonna be photographers, but it's gonna change again a little, a little bit. I think it's gonna hit a lot of photographers. And maybe a little bit agencies who work a lot with uh, with its document, you know, with this documentary kind of pictures. But um, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, it might go even different way. I don't know. I'm just um, thinking now. But I think uh, these mirrorless cameras are are, are coming, and uh, we'll see what what what's gonna change. Well, you, you bring uh, the. I mean, like I said, I've, worked, I've only worked at a few races, but I know that when you shoot, uh, you know, we have a Formula One or F1. They give us stickers saying your camera is a stills photo. Yeah, do they camera. do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're not allowed to do any um, video, even though our cameras are very capable of doing video. We're not allowed to use any video camera because, obviously, of TV rights, which um, which is another big deal. Obviously, you know about the Premier League. Um, mm. Bundesliga, you know, I'm sure it's the same in the NBA, in the NFL. Like, there's the the TV deals with these um, these uh, these sporting bodies are enormous. So, you know, they don't want um, any agency freelance photographer, any anyone that is there for still photos to take any sort of um, video. So, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how um, that you know. Oh, we're doing video, but we're only taking stills. You know what I mean? It's it's quite a it's going to be a very murky waters over the next few years if if these the, if these new cameras do come into um into play for sure. Yeah, of course it uh, will be interesting to see what's coming out as a product. You know, I mean, it's okay if you take a video on on the track, but if if um, what comes out is only a still picture, uh, it wouldn't be a problem, I think, in the end for them. You know, but we'll see. It's all. A little bit of a gray zone there, and a little bit of you know we don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it's definitely I think there's a definitely um, big change coming up soon uh, from the techno technological point of view, but uh, we'll see. 
Okay. Well, um, all right. Well, Vlad, thank you very much for your time. Um, no more questions, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much for your invitation to this. Uh, mate, it's, uh, you're obviously, uh, apart from being a good friend, uh, a great photographer as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been uh, meaning to get you on here for a while. So, uh, thank you very much for your time. And, uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the invite to my house is always open for you as well. So well, yeah. well, my I'm still waiting for you to come. Open. I'm still waiting for you to come with your family. To I'll come, but I don't know if you wanted me to bring all the kids down as well. That's the thing. I have a big place. Don't worry about that. <laughs> ah, perfect. All right, we're we're coming. <laughs> all right, Vlad. Thanks very much, and we'll speak soon. Huh? Thanks a lot, Dean. Thank you. All right, mate. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Vlad, many thanks for your time. I know the listeners will be as impressed with your work as I am. I love how you still experiment with lenses, with light, and with your subjects. Your ability to constantly do something different is inspiring to me, and I'm sure once the listeners have a look at your site, they'll know what I mean. Because of you, I've just bought an old-school manual focus 50mm 1.4 Nikon lens to uh, have a play with. So thanks again, mate, and um, you might regret that invite for me and my whole family to stay at yours when I when I take you up on that offer very soon. Fellow sports photographers, whether you love F1 or not, I cannot recommend visiting his site enough. It's Vladimir Reese. It's V-L-A-D-I-M-I-R. Reese is R-Y-S dot com. He has every race he covers from this and previous years with pages of pages and pages of fantastic images. And it's Vladimir Reese on Twitter and on Instagram. I'll put links in the show notes as usual to um, to all these, as well as to the picture that we discussed, um, which was, again, an amazing photo that he got from the uh, Singapore F1 race uh, recently. Now, photography philosophy listeners out there in podcast land, if you haven't had any new ideas or inspiration from these discussions or any of the website's or, and photography that I've been pointing you towards, then either I have failed or you're not trying hard enough. My guess is the latter. I'm sharing stories and knowledge from the best in the business, so if, I hope you can transfer this to your situation and make it count. If you have any questions or complaints or anything to say at all, I'd love to hear from more of you, so please contact me on my Twitter handle at AllSportsNapper or my website, AllSportsNapper.com. Uh, just an extra note, in a few episodes, I will be doing a listener question show. Um, so please have a think and get in touch. Some of you have already sent some uh, through and I'm saving them up and I'll answer them in a shorter than normal episode. Uh, my name is Dean. Thank you very much for your time again. Last thing, observe, listen and practice because your best photo would be one frame away.